You're listening to the Reframing Ministries podcast, providing help, hope, healing, and humor for people walking through pain. Thanks for tuning in with us for part two of our discussion. Here's Colleen. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the second part of my conversation with Doc. How impacting it was to hear him talk about the loss of Mark, and yet there is so much hope that he will be sharing with us in this next episode. If you happen to miss the first episode of my conversation with Doc, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode one, because that will give you the full context of the rest of our conversation. He's, he's never going to have another seizure again. He's never going to suffer through that. He's not going to hurt again. He's not going to have to go through any more of his testing. None of that. Because God cured him. And he is now completely whole and completely perfect in every way in heaven with God. And uh, he's, through all that, Mark has given me a, an amazing passion now for families with special needs, for churches to do special needs, and and to reach others with special needs and to share Jesus with, with individuals with special needs. And that's all because of Mark. A lot of times I say I have one foot in heaven and one foot on earth when it comes to raising John, because I know on this side of heaven, he struggles, but in heaven, he won't struggle. And he simply reveals our human condition. And to expect John to be typical is like expecting other people to be like we will be in heaven. There's no possible way on this side of heaven any of us can be what we would think is normal. And calling people to reframe their lives and to embrace what God allows, even though we don't mm-hmm. understand. Not one time ever have I talked to you and heard you say, God answered my why. I've heard you say, yeah. God gave me a for what purpose. And that was mm-hmm. to start the SOAR ministry. But I have to right. ask you, as you went through the grieving process did you have people around you? Because in our reframing process, one of them is to find support. And for so many years, you had people looking at you, calling the police, saying you're a bad parent. What kind of support came around you that was helpful as you were trying to get back on your feet? Yeah. um, My wife's obviously the the biggest um, one. The uh, and and family, uh, family is is the biggest part part with that. And it's one of the things that I've learned. And you know, now you know I'm I'm now a, a pastor and and have done many funerals. And and one things I one of the things I share at any funeral I do, and one of the things I learned firsthand with Mark is so many times everybody comes up around you and they're they're going to be talking with you and and willing to help you out up until the funeral. But once that funeral ends, everyone disappears, and nobody ever wants to talk about it because they're always afraid if they talk to you about your loved one who's passed away, they're going to remind you or they're going to hurt you. And you know what? I love talking about Mark. Yeah, I may cry sometimes. and It may hurt to do it, but 
you're not reminding me about anything I don't already know. Exactly. I wake up every day for the rest of my life knowing that my son is no longer here on earth. You're never going to remind me of that. But if you talk to me about my son, you're reminding me that his memory is not gone mm. and, and that he's making an impact. And so it's one thing I, I share with everybody at every funeral. Don't stop talking about them. You know, it's one of the things I loved, you know, at, at the time when Mark passed away, I was a children's pastor at a, another church, and, and one of the kids that was in, in my children's ministry, and he was in Mark's class, and a friend of Mark's, he came up to me, and he pulled on my pants, um, you know, about a month afterwards, and his parents were with him, and, and he, he, he goes, uh, Mr. Doc, and I, I got down on my knee, and I said, yeah, bud, what's up? And he goes, you remember Mark? And his parents immediately got embarrassed. Oh, hey, buddy, no, sorry, don't say. And they're like, apologize. And I go, don't apologize. I go, absolutely. I remember Mark. What do you remember about Mark? And and he goes, I remember he was fun to have around. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was powerful, and I needed that. That helped. That helped me through that day, mm-hmm. because you know I. I was having a hard day that day, and to have another five-year-old come up and say, hey, I miss Mark, too. I remember him. Oh, that that's what helps. And so what I do, you know, and I, in my ministry now, I've had, unfortunately, we've had six children with six individuals with special needs have passed away. Every one month anniversary of of their death, I send a card to the family. That's fabulous. No, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Hey, and I remember this about them. And then after a year, because the the whole first year, and and I apologize, I, I for lack of any better term, it's a year of suckage. It mm-hmm. just is that whole first year. It just sucks. It mm-hmm. really does. But. It, because it's hard. There's no other way around it. And then after the first year, every and every year anniversary of their death, I send them a card. Let them know, hey, you're not forgotten. We're here for you. We're walking with you. We love you. Um, and that's important. But but you know, for me, through through everything I've been through, through through you know, losing losing you know my that career and. You know, six six weeks after Mark passed away, my intestines exploded. I almost died again. I should have died again. You know, I, I always say I, I feel like a cat. I've had so many near-death experiences, and I hate cats. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just through through all these things, and God just keeps having his hand on me. And just, you know, I, I, a lot of times I feel like Paul, and you're just having all these these thorns on my sides and all these trials and I truly have now 15 years solid of trial after trial after trial that I literally can't get through anything with, you know, without having something continually going on. But through all of it, I constantly hold on to what's now become my life verse. And that's Isaiah 40 verses 28 to 31. And that says, you know, do you not know, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? 
He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I, that has been my prayer so many times and remains my prayer. Because how, how many times in life do we get tired and weary? Um, because we're human. And, you know, we sit here and go, you know, I don't understand what's going on. And, and I do remember, you know, one day crying out to God, you know, God, why, God, why did you do this? Why, why did you allow Mark to die? And I even question, I go, God, can you even understand this? And before I even got those words out, I, I heard, you know, as audible as I'm talking to you now, God just kind of smacking me across the face and saying, I know exactly what you're going through. I, too, lost my one and only son, but I watched him go through the most brutal, painful death known to man. I know exactly what it's like to watch your son die. I'm right there with you. I will pick you up. I will carry you through this. I've got you, my son. I'm here with you. I will pick you up. I will carry you. I will be the wind beneath your wings. You can soar when I'm with you. And, you know, it's, again, those footprints in the sand. I'm, I'm a fool because I'm thinking, oh, I only see one set of footprints. Well, that's because those footprints are Jesus' footprints because he's carrying me on his back because I'm just too stinking weak to make a step. And so many times I've had to make this my minute-by-minute prayer just to get through some of these trials that I've had. And it, it helps me to just refocus and, and remind myself, hey, I'm not going through this. And it's okay um, that I'm going through this, you know, but I'm not doing it alone. God's here with me. God's helping me through this. And I say it all the time that um, I absolutely hate when people tell you, Hey, God will never give you more than you can handle. Don't get me I'm started. I'm sorry. That's just a lie straight from the pit of hell. <laughs> I because I totally believe God purposely gives you more than you can handle. And the whole reason for that is because God doesn't want you to handle it. God wants you to focus on what you have control over and everything else you have no control over to give it back to him. Lay it at his feet. Lay it at the foot of the cross. And he will take it, and he will take that burden back on him so that he can do it. But he gives you more than you can handle so that you can give it back to him. It's almost like he's testing us to make sure that we know he's there for us, and he will take it every single time for us and help us through it. But that's been my, my life first and my prayer, and that's, that's what helps me manage um, my life and, 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 and everything and then affirm the positive. Um, with it as I, as I go through all of this. Well, it, yeah, I was just going to say just the moment by moment. I think on this side of heaven, a lot of Christians have this idea that when the Lord brings comfort or I will lift you on wings like eagles, 
or we can hide in the shelter of his wings, that that's going to promote a feeling of being supported. And sometimes we have to just believe in our minds and then move physically, you know, get moving, go out for a walk, look at his natural revelation, Mm -hmm. look at nature. He has things under control. We have to remind ourselves of that because even if we don't feel the comfort at the time, it doesn't mean he's not comforting us. Maybe he's calling us outside or maybe he's calling us to a different direction that we need to pursue. Absolutely. And we can't just wait for a feeling because the feelings will come and go. Absolutely. Yeah. What he did with you was he brought you to start a ministry that's unbelievable. So tell us about that. After after Mark passed away and after I recovered from from my guts exploding, um, I mean, <laughs> uh, God made it clear that yeah, God made it clear that I we needed to leave the church that we were at, and uh, so I didn't know where to go. But God God said Grace Church, and I remember saying Grace what church? What's that middle name, God? Um, but lo and behold, it was just Grace Church, and mm-hmm. And came to Grace Church, and we we had a lot of hurt that was going on in our life um, from a lot of other things going on too, and and uh, basically just just lost my career as a children's pastor um, uh, with other issues there. So I'm now coming out of losing two two careers, having lost my pediatrics career as a physician, and now. Having just lost my my career as a children's pastor, thinking I'd never be able to do that again, and that was something I I had just become such so in love with, and just being able to minister to children and and heal them spiritually instead of physically. And came to Grace Church, and I, I met with our our children's pastor, and I said, Hey, look, we God's made it clear this is going to be our home church. I'm here to serve. I'll I'll do anything that you want, and. Uh, uh, they like five minutes after that, I got a conference call from our senior pastor Tim Howie and and our children's pastor and and they called me and said, "Well, you know what, Doc? We kind of know all of your past. We've checked you out socially and on social media, and and we believe that God's brought you to to Grace Church for a purpose. We want to have a world class children's ministry, but in order to do a world class children's ministry, we've been praying for years to have a special needs ministry." Mm-hmm. But we have never been able to have anyone lead that or start that up. But we believe that God has brought you to Grace Church to be the one to start that. Would you be willing to start a special needs ministry? And I told them, I really don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, I would love to do that and feel that God, that's what God's wanting. Which, by the way, most of us don't know what we're doing when we start that. Yeah. Yeah. If we wait until we know what we're doing, it'll never happen. No question. No question. So September of 2011, I launched the SOAR Special Needs Ministry at Grace Church. And SOAR stands for Special Opportunities, Abilities, and Relationships. And we started with just those that we knew of at the time, which ended up being three individuals. And now today, seven and a half years later, God has completely blessed this ministry and allow it to grow. 
And today we are now ministering to over 830 individuals with special needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I love is 80% do not attend our church. So it's a very large community um, base and and outreach. We have 2,100 volunteers that that serve in our ministry. 75% of those don't attend our church. So we have a huge outreach. Um, in the community with it. Um, on top of that, we're now doing respite nights uh, every other month. We do a, a special needs day camp every summer, and then we do a conference now, a uh, national conference every October as well. And so God has completely blessed this and, and me sitting here saying, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but I've, I've based it on two things from the get-go. And one has been we bathe in prayer and doing what we feel God telling us to do. And secondly, I do what I would want to be done as a parent. And then the second part of all of our ministry is I'm passionate about helping churches start ministries because currently only 11% of all evangelical churches throughout the country have the capability of ministering to families with special needs. 11%. That's insane. And what's so crazy is it's 11% have the capability. And I want to think, well, Christ ministered to special needs and he didn't have a special room. He didn't have all the sensory Mm -hmm. stuff that we think we need to have. He just went to them. Right. Just show up. You you don't need a lot. Um, You just need to have a heart and welcome them and, and be able to meet their needs. You know, 90% of families with special needs in the United States do not attend church. And, and there's three main reasons for that. One is they're afraid that the church is not prepared to take care of their child. Well, we just shared 11% of churches have it. So that means 89% of churches do not. So that's very accurate. Secondly, they don't want to be a burden to the church because they know how difficult their child is. And, and that's, that's sad, but here's the third one, and this is the one that breaks my heart. They don't want to be asked to leave a church again. They've been asked to leave too many churches because their child has special needs. In fact, we have one family at our church who's been asked to leave six churches, six, before they came to our church because they got a son with special needs. And they, the last time they were told, go to Grace Church because SOAR will take you, and they will never turn anybody away. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm so thankful that they came to us, but at the same time, I'm so hurt that six churches turned them away. They told the parents they can stay, but their child cannot attend. Mm-hmm. And churches need to step up. So I'm, I'm passionate. My vision now is to assist 1,000 churches in the next 20 years in launching ministries. And to date, we're now uh, over 250 churches that we've helped launched throughout the United States, Canada, Brazil, and Jericho. That's unbelievable. And you also have the wonderfully made SOAR Special Needs Conference, which your statement is strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And it's for families, ministry leaders, professionals, and individuals with and without special needs. Because part of that 11% that you just mentioned, that they may be informed, but let's look at the rest of us who may not have anyone in our lives who has a special need or who has additional care. And and 
grow in our knowledge, learn, seek to understand, as the late Stephen Covey said, seek to seek to understand before you are understood. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Pursue that. And that is what you're doing is to educate and equip people, individuals, churches, families, professionals, first responders in all that they do so they can care for the families. Right, right. You know, and, and I, I've talked with several churches and, you know, they'll say, oh, we don't have anyone with special needs in our church. And <laughs> I always laugh at that statement. Yeah, I just started um, laughing. <laughs> because, you, know, you know, exactly, you know, because it's it's a ludicrous statement to make uh, on, on several reasons. One, currently today, one out of every six children in the United States has a diagnosis of some kind with special needs or disability. So that's 17.5%. So if you've got a church with more than six kids in it, I'm sorry, you've got special needs and disabilities in your church. On top of that, we have hidden disabilities. We have all the mental health. We've got so many hidden disabilities that you don't see when you look at them. And we're just ignorant if we sit here and say that it's not in our church. It is. Yes. And then on top of that, we've, we've got Luke 14. We've got the great banquet feast in which Jesus sits there and tells us to go out to bring in the lame, the blind, and bring them to the table. And that table is a representation of the church. And, and the church needs those with special needs and disability in it just as much as the church needs them. And and here's the thing with it. It's such an important thing that Jesus told, made that statement twice. He made that command twice, not once, but twice. And that's something Jesus rarely did. And, you know, I was preparing a message one day and went through and looking at all the miracles that Jesus did here on earth. Seventy-five percent of the miracles that Jesus did while he walked earth were done on individuals with special needs. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. So again, if we want to be more like Jesus, we're going to be with those with special needs because Jesus really was the very first special needs pastor. <laughs> so we we all need to step up and welcome those with special needs and disabilities into the church. And we need to all have an inclusive church and welcome. And, and that's what our hope is with the conference right. is to to help train churches, to let them see how to do that, to help give families support and help them through that, help professionals with that. And most importantly, like you said, our, our tagline for it is strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And obviously, who gives us the strength for today and hope for tomorrow? There's only one person, and that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because when God gives us an impossible task, the only way that we can walk through it is with the only one who can do the impossible, and that is Christ. Amen. How can churches and individuals get a hold of you as we come to a close? We could talk for hours. I just am so thankful for you sharing your story and more importantly for you sharing your heart. If churches do want to know about how to start a program, a SOAR program or a VBS program, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so we got several different ways. Uh, first, for our conference and, and learn more about the conference and register for that. It'll be October uh, 24th and 25th, 2019 in Kansas City. And uh, uh, you, for the website for that is wonderfullymadekc.com. Again, wonderfullymadekc.com. 
Uh, my email is shunsley at visitgracechurch.com, shunsley at visitgracechurch.com, and that's H-U-N-S-L-E-Y. And then uh, excited as well because so are we on the process of becoming a 501c3, and we're going to be officially launching that uh, a little later this, this year, and, and uh, we'll be getting our, our new website up here soon, and, and that website will be soarspecialneeds.org, soarspecialneeds.org. Well, Doc, you really have spoken into the reframing process like very few people can. I mean, reminding us to embrace all to never forget those who have gone before us, as Hebrew says, to never forget and how cathartic it is to be able to talk about those that have passed away that we loved because we need those reminders of the joy that they brought to our lives. And also that there is purpose in our pain, that no matter what God is doing, he's closing doors, he's shutting things down. Like you, he took so much away only for the purpose of what you're doing now, which is changing lives and families in ways that you never could have probably as a medical doctor. Oh, no, not at all. I just thank you for stewarding that. That's just amazing. Yeah. Well, thank, yeah, you, thank you so much for your time. And um, we will be in touch. If you want to connect with Reframing, please write reframingministries at insight.org as well. Doc, one last word or verse that you want to speak into the lives of those who need hope. One thing, one of my new kind of life words that I always have is perspective. And and that when you start kind of getting down and, and realizing just how hard things are for you, you need to change your perspective and realize there's always somebody worse off than you and that you have so much to be thankful for. And also realize that God's got a bigger plan for you, even though you don't realize what's going on, and that through the trials that you're going through, God's God's got you covered still, and God's got a purpose for it. While I hate every single trial that I've gone through now for 15 years, and I definitely don't want to go through them again, I can actually and honestly tell you that Today, I can thank God for taking away my careers. I can thank God for, for taking my son to heaven and for curing him. It doesn't mean I don't miss him terribly. It doesn't mean I miss my careers. But if none of that had happened, I would never be able to be making the impact that I am today in, for families with special needs and, and helping change churches and help them make an impact for the community with special needs. And I'm more passionate about all of that today than I ever was as a pediatrician. And it's far more important for me to be reaching families and individuals for Jesus and curing them spiritually than it ever was for me to cure them physically. And so, you know, my word would be perspective, you know, change your perspective, realize that no matter what's going on, you have a lot to be thankful for. Look to God, ask him for strength, and he will help you out. And, you know, check us out for the conference. I'm excited to, to share with you that Colleen's going to be one of our keynote speakers as well. <laughs> so we're excited to have her her with us. I'm excited um, well. about it. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, come on out for that. It's going to be a wonderful time. That's great. Doc, thank you again so much for your time. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. All right. Have a great afternoon. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Doc. How incredible it was to hear him talk about loss and grief and what has come from that. I really hope as you listen, you were able to think about your own situation and the things that you are going through, helping you reframe pain, loss, or grief in some way and find purpose in it. You can find the show notes and referenced resources in the podcast description or on our website, reframingministries.com. If you were impacted by today's conversation, I would be so thankful if you rated and reviewed the podcast, shared it on your social media, or share it with some friends who you think would be touched. You can connect with Reframing on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and other social platforms. And you can email me personally at reframingministries at insight.org. To get notifications for more of Reframing's content, subscribe to the podcast channel or subscribe on our website, reframingministries.com slash subscribe. Thank you again for joining us today at Reframing Ministries. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know in the comments on our website. Our desire is to provide biblical help, hope, healing, and humor for people walking through unique and challenging segments in life. And in order to provide for more people, we'd love your support through prayer, sharing this content with friends, and partnered support. Reframing Ministries and Insight for Living Ministries operate entirely and only on your generous gifts and donations. You can partner with us and donate to Reframing Ministries through our website. The Reframing Ministries podcast is a production of Insight for Living Ministries.